If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, gamers? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for May 24th, 2022. I am your host, Morsain. Joining me is the Rogue One, Gary Witter. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited. Uh, May 24th, Batman Fortress issue number one is in stores Hell today. Yeah. Reviews are good. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited to... Uh, I'm going to pick it up and read it tonight. I love um, it. As a huge Batman fan. I'm excited to to sit down and check it out. Do you want to give people the quick like elevator pitch on what is going on in the world of Batman in Fortress? Yeah, there's a, been a strange uh, kind of alien attack on Earth. All global power and communications have been disrupted. Superman is nowhere to be seen, so Batman has to figure out a way to uh, tackle a superhero level threat without any superpowers of his own. It's fun. The first issue is basically him kind of running around. Uh, cleaning up a crime wave in Gotham City because all the power's out. The police can't do anything. There's no 911. Radios are down. Uh, there's been a mass breakout at Arkham Asylum. You know, all your all your favorites mm. are uh, are on the streets, and uh, it's just a just a good old classic kind of Batman comic, kind of fighting crime on the streets of Gotham. But then at the end, there's a hint that like it's going to go to some weird places: Justice League, aliens, Superman, all kinds of cool stuff. So yeah, it's been I, a lot I, of fun to do. Yeah. I love those those like issues or those arcs where it's like almost like a reminder of why batman is just so damn cool and that setup sounds exactly like hey we're going to give you a crash course on why this dude is awesome yeah a little um, bit of batman 101 yeah exactly i love that stuff i'm super super excited to 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 read it yeah i'm on. excited to hear what you think and, and, and the other and there's a lot of comic book uh, fans that are kind of funny so i'm interested to hear mm-hmm. what all you guys think when you've had a chance For to get sure. your hands on it uh i'm super excited as well because i just got an amazing delivery this is a little plug but last time i was here yeah, um, I was doing a show with Tim and everyone noticed because uh, I was in the middle of some spiel and then I've been using this Razer laptop for a really long time and it just died. Like every now and then oh, it no. just crashes, it crashes and like everything goes black, the screen goes black and I just have to wait for it to recover its display drivers. It's an old Razer laptop and I was okay. like just waiting there and Tim had to like pick up uh, the kind of slack for me and I talked about it. And this is the power of kind of funny. Apparently someone from Razor was watching as it was happening. And they were like, they DM'd me and they were like, uh, that sucks. Uh, we're going to get you a new Razor laptop so that Look you can you. do this show. So and what do you got? I got it. It's, what is uh, it? Is that the 14? Uh, 14. Yeah. Blade I, hear 14. A, I hear that's a good one. The Razor it Blade is, 14 I, inch. Yeah, yeah. Blade 14 inch. has got, a tw- I believe it's got a 30, 2070, a 3070, I believe it is. I have the 17 inch with a 3070 and that thing is really nice. Yeah. It's got a 3070 in there and um, I turned it on and I played with it a bit yesterday and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. After using my old Razor and like really struggling through it, they sent this one and uh, I started and I was like, I cannot wait to be able to open documents and and again, and not have to watch uh, as it crashes constantly. So big shout out to Razor That's for hooking nice. me up. It's funny, I have, a we- I have a whole weird thing with, with gaming laptops. When I was editor of PC Gamer back in the day, the idea of a gaming mm. laptop or even any kind of PC laptop was kind of a joke. Like back in the mid nineties, there were these giant, like a Toshiba, a Toshiba like suitcase basically. Oh like yeah. Luggage. And it was like right bare, like maybe you got like a Pentium 60 in there or something. It was like $10,000 with this ridiculous thing. And then over the years after I left PC Gamer, I kind of got more into console gaming and I still played PC games, but like on a desktop PC and like the whole PC gaming laptop category was something I was like intellectually aware of, but never really had been mm. exposed to. And then I got my hands on that on that 17-inch Razer Blade, and I played games on it for the first time. Like, holy shit, like, this is a proper PC. Yeah, like, yeah. it runs games every bit as well as you would want to. Just amazing. Yeah, I've really been, my eyes have been open entirely to that. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm very similar. Like, I've got my desktop PC, but the first gaming laptop that I actually got was the, the Razer uh, uh, GeForce RTX 2070 model, which is, like, from, like, 2019 or 18. And I, the thing I loved about it was it just looked like a normal laptop. The thing I hated about gaming laptops is they had to try and look like they were, like, something like Optimus Prime shout-out. 
like or, or right. after a after a bad curry or something and like it's fucking now they're just like slick like and i think it's razor that are mainly doing it like i'm in the same way that I try and buy like Volkswagens if I'm ever buying a car, I'm now like, I'm only, if I'm buying a laptop for gaming, it's going to be a Razor one. I like the Razor um, ones. Aesthetically, I like the Razor ones because, again, apart from those little green accents, they are just like a little black slab, right? But there are definitely um, other laptops out there that, that still do what you're talking about. I think yeah. they draw way too much attention to themselves. They're trying to look like something from the future. And that's not even talking about where the, where the, where the desktop category is gone. The, 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 yeah. the RGB thing. I don't know where you stand on the whole RGB thing, Tam. I actually kind of like it, but yeah. I do think it's gone too far. Like it's time, it's time to rein some of that shit back in. It is, yeah. It's become a bit much to the point where I don't know. It, it feels kind of garish now. I think we've reached the point with RGBs that we reached with flame decals on on cars and even clothing at a certain point. Like it's like at some point everyone was like, "That's pretty cool. It's a fire on your in your car," and then it became very, very like gauche and very like fucking. This is disgusting to look at and i think we're rapidly reaching it with um or we've reached it with rgbs on computers i'm just like i just want it to play video games quietly you know what i'm saying i'm glad that the console market hasn't succumbed to that can you imagine if like the next range of xboxes and playstations look like fucking cars from fast and the furious like pcs yeah. do now with all the underlights <laughs> and like oh fully programmable rgb and they all look like these kind of hollow cubes from the future or whatever i don't know why pc gamers are so upset i see it all the time on my instagram because i follow like some pc stuff on instagram so mm. the algorithm suggests to me all this stuff and it's always like check out this awesome build and it's like oh my god are you kidding yeah. me it's like uh, well, I think it's I think it's because they like make it the center of like a room, right? Where it's like, you, uh, for me, I think like if I'm creating a gaming space, I want it to be like as minimalist as possible, and I don't, I kind of don't want it to look like a gaming space, if you know what I mean. Um, and whereas most people are like, all right, I'm need to I need to make this look like I'm in the in a spaceship, and I just I cannot. Deal I know with that. some, some like, of these, nah, like, you're right. They they put the PC there, and then they build out the whole room, the whole aesthetic of the room is designed to kind of match the PC. Yeah. And there, I mean, there isn't, there is definitely like, that's, it's an aesthetic. It's a thing. Like if you're into it, like you can do it. Some people do it really well. Like if you like that sort of thing, yeah, that's really well executed, but mm. it's, a, I don't know. It's a little too much for me. It's too flashy. Yeah, for me as well. Today's stories include a Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 release date, unionization in the games industry, taking a big step forward, Pac-Man in Fortnite, and a Dragon's Dogma anniversary and much more because this is kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv forward slash kind of funny games. You can get the nerdy news and all that kind of business shoved down your eyeballs and in your ears and that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, if you are watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunnygames.com forward slash you're wrong. Um, if you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com forward slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember to use Epic Creator Code Kind of Funny on Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rock. Rocket League and Fortnite, and that will help support Kind of Funny. And to be part of the show, head to patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad free along with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping I mean, one time I'm going to be a bad game of sweeping. A new episode of the Kind of Funny X Cast is up with Snowbike Mike and one Khalif Adams talking all about what modern sports games are missing compared to the greats of NBA Street and SSX Tricky. I can't believe there's not been. An I'm SSX sorry, I missed that remake. one. I feel bad as well because Khalif apparently wore his um, his football shirt. Oh uh, no! Because it, it was a sports thing, and he wanted. I, and and uh, I think he wanted to kind of. Uh, be very sportsy because he knows yeah. I'm into sport, like you know, English sports anyway. And um, I wasn't there. I've actually missed the, the X cast for two weeks in a row now, and I felt I felt bad that I do you know, I stood do you know what team he was wearing? He was wearing, um, I believe it was New York City FC. You know, this oh, it's okay. the same people yeah, that yeah, own yeah. Manchester City. It's the yeah, light yeah, blue yeah. vibe. Gotcha. I don't know if they're any good. I don't. Know, I mean, are any of the teams in the MLS any good? They're all shit, aren't they? But yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> You can check that podcast out on youtube.com forward slash kind of funny games or podcast services around the world by searching for kind of funny X cast screencast is popping off in a big week later today. They're going to have the team or by now you should be able to see the team's reaction on the mission Impossible trailer and the review of chip and Dale rescue Rangers. Um, there's also going to be a better course all finale season part one review um, featuring Jake Baldino. 
And uh, then this Friday, there's going to be a review of the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi free, featuring Sage Ryan. Um, uh, make sure you can ch- uh, to check that out uh, on YouTube.com forward slash kind of funny or on your favorite podcast services by searching screencast. I forgot that. Is, is Obi-Wan out this week? Damn, that's wild. Yeah, and they're doing two episodes, I believe. The I big news for me was, was, I didn't know, I, someone on my stream told me last night that Sonic 2 is now out. On, like, it's on Paramount Plus like Paramount streaming, Plus, yeah. and it's yeah, on yeah, all yeah. the, you know, you go buy it from iTunes or whatever. I fucking loved Sonic 2, and I couldn't wait. As, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, I can't wait for this to come out, like, on, you yeah. know, VOD so I can watch it again. So that begins now. I'm going to do, do a Sonic 2 rewatch this weekend. I've not, I've not seen it yet, so I'm excited oh, to watch Did you it. like the first one? Uh, yeah, I thought the first you'll, one was you'll, fun. The, If you like the first one, you'll love the second one. It's basically okay, more cool. the same, That's but great. better. I hope really Obi Wan. I hope Obi Wan is good because I started watching the book of Boba Fett and like I watched two episodes and I was like I don't understand any of this and it's not working for me. But I really want to like Obi Wan, so I've got my fingers crossed for that. Um, do you like trivia shows? Do you like Family Feud? Well, games I cost. Uh, well, the game cost bless who post show has recently introduced a new game called Kinda Feudy. And that is a lot, like, a lot like Family Feud, but for video games. Quick UK and... shibboleth for you. You'll know this, Tamil. You're mm-hmm. from the UK. So, I mean, I, I know. You know, yeah, of course. Family Fortunes in the UK. Mm-hmm. The great Les Dennis. The great Les Dennis. Oh, God. I used to love watching that show so much. Hollywood <sighs> Squares in the UK? Oh, yeah? Yeah? No, I'm asking you. What, what's it called in the UK? I, I, oh, Hollywood Squares. Uh, oh, shit. What was it called? Oh, it's gone out of my head. I don't know. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Celebrity squares. Celebrity squares. That's the one. It's so simple as well. I forgot about it. What is the one? I can't remember. What is the one where they had like loads of screens and they were like going up, like cascading in in a um, like a. That was the uh, well. It was the twenty five thousand dollar pyramid in the UK. It was the pyramid game. The pyramid game, and you had to like run up and down these like um, these uh, steps and like press the buttons on. Oh no, that's something else. I can't remember what it was called. Crap, it's going to be stuck in my head. Um, but I think that was another Les Dennis joint. It might have been a Barrymore joint. I think it might have been a Barrymore joint. Actually. Oh, it might have been Strike It Lucky. It might have been Strike It Lucky. Yeah, Strike It Lucky. It's probably Strike It Lucky. Oh, that was a good show. I was watching recently episodes of Supermarket Sweep again on my phone. Just in The bed Dale Winston I... version? Yeah, the Dale Winton version. Oh, my goodness. So good. Sometimes I'll like, I'll like get like nostalgic for being, or like I'll, I'll feel homesick, and I watch either game shows. Or there's this, I think I've mentioned it before. There's a guy who just walks around London. And like it's always areas that you will immediately know, um, and he's like doing history tours of all that stuff, and I'm like, oh, cool. And I know, um, and, I, and the funny thing is, I, I might have mentioned this before, but I recognized him immediately because I walked past him a few times while I was in London, and he would be like recording on his phone and speaking. Oh, weird. And I was like, I, I remember at the time thinking, I wonder what that guy's doing, and then all these years later, I find him on YouTube, and I'm like, that's what he was doing. Who would have known? That's funny. <laughs> Small world, but yeah. So, uh, kind of feudy. Uh, the team needs the, some help. Over on Blessings Twitter is a link to a Google form where you can submit answers to the kind of feudy questionnaire to make your voices heard and help determine the answers. So, get over there and help him out. Thank you I to like our trivia. Patreon producers. I seem to remember I did a trivia game with Greg on kind of funny once, and I wiped the floor with him. Oh, I think it might be time to run Bit it off back. more than he could chew that day. Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> Greg often does that, but you know, he'll never learn. So you'll probably get, be able to do it again soon. Um, thank you to our Patreon producers, Anonymous and Fargo Brady. Today we are brought to you by MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and will forever be the Roper Report. It's time for some video game news. We've got five stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Thank you, Kevin. You're welcome. Uh, hot off the press, short and sweet one. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is releasing on October 28th. Um, that is coming from the number one video game website in the world, of course, GameSpot.com, written by Steve Watts. Activision has revealed the release date for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 in a new trailer showing off various pieces of character art. The sequel is coming on October 28, 2022. The trailer uh, debuted in uh, debuted the date in unusual fashion, showing pieces of character art on tanker ships and shipping containers, all building to the image of the fan-favorite character Ghost when all the pieces come together. The trailer also teased appearances from Captain Price, John Soap McTavish, Kyle Gaz Garrick, and a new character, Mexican Special Forces Colonel Alejandro Vargas. Uh, those characters all make up Task Force 141. 
This may be setting the stage for the rumored June reveal of Modern Warfare 2, likely to take part in one of uh, the not E3 presentations. We've been calling it not E3 at GameSpot, but also interchangeably using Key 3 as an homage to Jeff Keighley. Um, so you're welcome to use that. Uh, Activision has traditionally showed off pieces of its games at the PlayStation or Xbox Showcase, but this year there's also Summer Games Fest live as a potential home for the reveal. Um, and this is all happening amid Microsoft proposed uh, acquisition of Activision, which would include the Call of Duty franchise. That deal is still working its way through the regulatory bodies, but Microsoft has already said that it will continue uh, to release Call of Duty games on PlayStation. The deal itself is all happening against the backdrop of uh, abuse allegations at Activision, which drove down stock prices ahead of Microsoft's uh, acquisition. Gary, where are you at with Call of Duty these days? I'm glad that this year's entry is Modern Warfare 2 because mm. for me, the Modern Warfare games, the kind of the, the core ones, are that's what Call of Duty is to me. I really like this most recent Modern Warfare ro uh, reboot they did a couple of years ago. I love Captain Price. He's my favorite. And I just like the, the whole like techno thriller, geopolitical kind of Tom Clancy ripped from the headlines, you know, bullshit that they, that they do. Um, mm. that, last, that last game... Um, with the, I don't know if you played the most recent Modern Warfare, but the one where you do like the SAS raid on the terrorist safe house, yeah, so fucking good. Like that, that to me is like what Modern Warfare is all about. And they had a bunch of other really good levels in that map, uh, sorry, in, in that campaign as well. And yeah. um, and then when they do like Call of Duty Vanguard or go off and do something like more Easter, I liked Cold War, but I like I for me Modern Warfare like, or Call of Duty is like the contemporary stuff, the Modern Warfare, yeah. Call of, you know, go, uh, Ghosts, Black Ops. Um, Cold War, the the older World War II stuff. I know that's where it began, but I feel like it's moved on since then. Um, it's interesting. We always we always treat every year, right? We treat the oh, Call of Duty is coming out uh, in, a, a day in or around late October. We treat it like it's news every year, and of course, it's like you know the sun rises in the east. You know, every year we know that. Yeah. There's, well, that, what's interesting, of course, is that with that Microsoft acquisition, um, I believe that's coming to an end, right? I didn't feel Spencer say he's going to take Call of Duty off the the annual treadmill and maybe do it like once every couple of years, which I think is maybe something that the series could benefit from. Certainly the developers, you know, who are always, always crunching constantly to get those games out uh, on an annual schedule, even amongst all the different studios they rotate them through. So yeah. I thought the video was good. I watched the video earlier this morning. It shows just how far um, graphics have come. That It actually took me a minute. I was watching this like big barge go under a bridge with mm. like you know, a big modern warfare two pounds. I'm like, oh my God, they, do they like, I, I know it's Activision. They've got a lot of money. It's Call of Duty big marketing budget but like how'd they get that thing on a big barge and you and then you realize oh shit it's all computer graphics but it looks so good it basically looked almost photo real so you know it's kind of like a teaser of a teaser the release date again is no surprise every year we know it's going to be around that date every time as regular as clockwork now we know the exact date fine um i'm very glad it is a return to modern warfare 2 uh, yeah. to the modern warfare universe which is again my favorite corner of it all and um yeah, I think it'll be good. I, I I hope there's a proper campaign. It seems like there will be. Um, the camp I, I always play the campaign and then don't really bother so much with the multiplayer because I'm just not good enough to to compete online. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'll play it. I like yeah. I said, really really liked the last Modern Warfare. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I I mean, I I I didn't finish the last Modern Warfare. I think there were some issues with it. That there was a little controversy around it, which kind of for one reason or other I was involved with, but there was that whole kind of reworking of history um, about the highway of death, I believe that one was, was uh, in Modern I remember Warfare, that one. Yeah, if that was I remember correctly. It? Yeah, it was a, a very uh, interesting way to hand wave away the uh, American uh, uh, partaking in a very awful uh, war crime, effectively. Um, but yeah, and the kind of like response from the kind of director and the creators of it was not very satisfactory. Um, but there were elements of it that I found that quite distasteful. And um, there's this part of part of the modern Call of Duty, um, especially the modern warfare stuff in this day and age that I struggle with these days. Um, I hear what you, I, I hear what you're saying. There's there's definitely there's yeah. always like it feels like a guilty pleasure at this point. I do enjoy playing them, but there's also a part of my brain that's kind of going, should you really be enjoying this? You know? Yeah. And like, for me, it was the fact that it was, uh, there's 
there's there's an uh, there's a genre of of uh, of kind of like uh, fiction called that is referred to as copaganda, which is like making cops look great and making cops look cool. Uh, that I I kind of like uh, I'm aware of, and I feel like there's a version of that that exists for the military in video games. And that's not to say like I'm against military stuff in video games. Like I I've played the most hours of any game of my lifetime is like Counter-Strike. I've played, I love the original Call of Duty games. Like I love the original Modern Warfare, but there was something about that latest Modern Warfare that coupled with the kind of quite flippant treatment of, of war crimes and the kind of indiscriminate way you breach buildings and just kill anyone and everyone. Like there's women and children in that building. And right. And you're like, you're not really, and it's all like under the guise of, well, we're the good guys, um, like, uh, uncategorically, and there's not really perspective taken there. It's, it, it, like, it left us, like, quite a sour taste in my mouth, where I think I reached the point where, like, the superheroism of people with guns on the military kind of... I reached breaking point with it. As, um, as much as I think World War Two has been overdone, there is I, I'm more comfortable playing those because like arguably like the last major war there was like when when there was like inarguably good guys and bad guys, right? Everything since then yeah. has been kind of a mess, and you and it's a bit fuzzier. But like no one's going to complain about you know shooting Nazis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like at the same time, like I'm I'm really interested in checking out Modern Warfare too. I do as much as I like. I'm, I do feel that way. I also play first person shooters and i know that military shooters are a, a genre that i traditionally have enjoyed so i'll definitely check it out i do hope that there's less like i hope there's a little more nuance to it i don't know if it's fair to expect nuance from from i a, think a i think they tried with that most recent one yeah um they they would they would they would they would they were trying to make it you know less about oh you know we're the we're the kind of the, the, the police of the world and we've got to go sort out the, you know, the brown people are acting up again. Like it used to be that like, reductive, right? And I think they are trying to get away from that. And I think I think they have a responsibility to, because, you know, we're all becoming yeah. more politically and socially aware and games are, you know, games are art and art is political, whether you like it or not. I know people always like to complain about that, but it, it just is the way it is. Fucking grow up. Yeah, um, for, for me, the, the interesting thing with the highway of death thing was it was a very real thing that happened. Like, and, right. and like they presented it almost as like, hey, we're looking at real world events. We want to bring this kind of level of realism and make it gritty and and, and we want to present it. So it's, you know, it feels ripped from the headlines almost. And then they kind of tweaked some of the bit players to um, offload blame from themselves or like America as a, onto another nation where it's like, and if there's a group of people that are coming at this and, and don't have the context, they wouldn't be able to identify the fact that it was America that perpetrated that war crime or took part in it. And they walk around, their, their now worldview is it was Russia that did this and not America. And for me, when I interviewed the director, I was like, do you not have a responsibility to put, to accurately portray it and do you not feel that by changing some of the parameters you've now rewritten history to a degree and there was like a very mealy-mouthed response to that and for me i'm like if you're if you're doing this and you're trying to be like we're modern we're gritty you know we're, we're uh, inspired by real life events and we're depicting those depict them as they were not to kind of like conveniently i think, I think you know not, not to kind of drag this down a like a whole political rabbit hole but i think you're absolutely right and i think when you think mm. about the audience for call of, call of duty games which includes like a lot of you know young people right teenagers mm. and and sometimes even younger than that there's there's i i don't think you can you can argue to me that like, like if you play those games a lot and get really involved in those storylines and all of the messaging and the themes that are in there that that's not in somehow especially like, especially if you're younger that, that that's not in somehow like filtering into the, your worldview and the way that you look at like the real world scenarios that are going on militarily and geopolitically. Like it's, it, yeah. it's definitely playing a part. And so I, for that reason, I think you do have a responsibility yeah, to, you I, know, to, to not fall into the trap of like jingoism and, you know, gung ho type bullshit. And there's a very real reason why various militaries have a vested interest in video games. There's a reason why, oh, yeah. you know, the America's army exists. There's a reason remember, why yeah. they like advertising on places like Twitch. And there, there's an, uh, there is a, to a degree, a pipeline from video games, uh, at least in terms of like um, PR and kind of like uh, your understanding of the world from video games and what people take away from it to real life and... And I think there is a responsibility there. But at the same time, you look at I look at this Modern Warfare 2 release and they're, they're focusing on 
the characters here, like you know Gaz and Price and that kind of stuff. So maybe it is going back to to you know the days of uh, we're not trying to depict real worlds. We're just taking these larger than life figures and James Bonding and and Ethan hunting them all up so that we can have this bombastic superhero Michael Michael Bay style story. In which case, I'm like, okay, cool. If you're like creating a clear de- delineation there, go for it. More power to you. I'd be but interested to see as they go forward. Given that there has been kind of like a like a bit of a a bit of a geopolitical shift in terms of like where our eyes are focused right now in terms of like where we think like conflict is in the world right like it's yeah. kind of the Middle East is kind of, this is a terrible way to put it but like the Middle East has kind of like fallen out of fashion in a way almost in thinking it's sure. thinking it's like that's like the conflict hotspot and now obviously Russia and Ukraine is like the big thing I wonder if some of the studios that are looking further down the road at like the next thing are already kind of recalibrating to kind of take us like more into back to Europe and back into like the idea of like actually Europe's not as stable and is a bit more fucked up than we always took for granted, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see that is the case. It's just a matter of like given the timing and like the the production cycles and that kind of stuff, like is it going to be kind of how is it going to be uh, in terms of the uh, global um, landscape when many years down the line or even like next year, like where where are we going to be at with the real world conflict versus the game conflict? Are we going to be like, is it going to be outdated for want of a better phrase? Um, right. That was the thing with the the, the Middle Eastern one. Like, there's a, a, you know a lot of time and effort has gone into ensuring that people only see the Middle East as a place for war, whereas that's quite different for Europe. Um, and because of the way they approach the Middle East, the Middle East has always been irrelevant. Uh, battleground for these kind of things whereas europe feels like they're less it's it's less likely to to remain that kind of like uh setting that is always giving for these kind of games so we might get one or two games that are set in that kind of conflict before it goes back to the middle east that's i suspect yeah yeah yeah. but moving on to another story coming from the number two video game website in the world is of course gamespot.com written by eddie mccouj um call of duty devs vote to form the us's first union at major at a major games company a group of quality assurance testers at call of duty developer raven software has voted to create one of the first video game unions in the united states and at the first and and the first at a major studio in the country 22 staffers at Raven Software voted, and the motion passed 19 to 3. The group, known as Game Workers Alliance, can now move ahead with contract negotiations with management at Activision Blizzard. It's not immediately clear what specific terms the group is seeking. The Game Workers Alliance said in a statement to The Verge, Our biggest hope is that our union serves as inspiration for the growing movement of worker organizing at video game studios to create better games and build workplaces that reflect our values and empower us all. We look forward to working with management to positively shape our working conditions and the future of Activision Blizzard through a strong union contract. In December 2021, QA workers at Raven went on strike. Some QA testers were later shifted to embedded jobs within other departments at Raven. Labor expert Tom Smith told Polygon that this was nothing more than a tactic to try and stop Raven QA from organizing. Activision Blizzard later announced that it would convert 1,100 temporary workers across the company to full-time and increase their pay to at least $20 per hour with eligibility for bonuses and benefits. A spokesperson for Activision Blizzard told GameSpot, We respect and believe in the right of all employees to decide whether or not to support or vote for a union. We believe that an important decision will impact the entire Raven Studios uh, of roughly 350 people should not be made by 19 Raven employees. That's what they said. Um, in December 2021, workers at the small North American uh, studio Vodio Games formed a union. So, uh, this is a momentous occasion for uh, the video game industry. The fo- first uh, union at a major publisher and Activision Blizzard of all of them. Uh, what do you make of that, Gary? I was, I was thrilled to see this news yesterday. As you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big union, union fan. I'm a proud member of my union, the Writers Guild of America West. The, and they're the only reason why I get paid a decent wage to do the work that I do. They're the only reason I have decent health insurance in a country where it's very hard to come by. I, I owe my union a lot and I pay my dues proudly. And I'm not going to go on a big like political rant, but I do strongly believe that unions are the only answer, the only solution to you know the little guy, the, the worker. 
um, mm. you know, getting pushed around and bullied and, and mistreated by, you know, the, 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 the captains of industry and the masters of the universe, the billionaires that don't give a fuck about them, you know, apes yeah. together strong, right? It's the only way, yeah. right? You have to, you have to, collective action is really the only way. You can't, mm-hmm. it's like, you can't, it, it, it's, it's like NATO, right? You can't, an, an attack on one is an attack on all. If you bully yeah. one worker, you bully all of us. And one worker walking out doesn't mean anything, but all of us walking out together, you've got a fucking problem. And yeah. so I, unions historically, I think, are a brilliant idea. They're an absolutely massively um, necessary and important kind of social counterweight to, you know, all the power being, you know, with the rich. It's the only, it's the only way to balance it out. And mm-hmm. I think it's long overdue in the video game industry. I'm so glad to see this happen. It's obviously yeah. only a, a small unit. It's one part of one company, right? It's the Q&A department at Raven. But like you're right, it's, this happened right in the belly of the beast, right? Right in the yes. center of Activision Blizzard. Uh, one of the, you know, which is, which has worked so hard and fought so aggressively to, um, to, to, to stop unionization from happening. Because they know once that power imbalance starts to, uh, even up a little bit and on, 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 on all of the chips aren't on their side of the table, it's not going to be as fun for them. So yeah. I understand why from their own kind of greedy, selfish point of view, the likes of Bobby Kotick and Bezos and Elon Musk and all these motherfuckers don't want unions in the, inside their companies. But, you know, this just happened recently, right? They're one of the first un- unions at a warehouse in uh, Amazon in New York. Yes. It's, it's happening. They, we're starting to see more and more of it. And I think that the gaming industry is going to be a terrific catalyst for it. I really, really hope that this is like, the first domino to fall. And we're going to see a lot more of this now. I think yeah. you're going to see other developers at other places go, well, they did it. Like it's been shown, it's, they've shown that it can be done. And so I yeah. really, really hope that we see a lot more of this. For a hundred percent. I was part of a union when I was working for London Underground back in the UK, and it was my first exposure to a union. And although I didn't have anything that directly impacted me, uh, there were a few kind of like negotiations that happened while I was there. And I got from an insider's perspective, I got to see what a union could do. And I also got to kind of question my own knowledge of what unions are, because there's a lot of time and effort spent in presenting unions to people who don't know or have any personal experience with them in a certain way and it's almost always vilifying them to a degree um you only really dispel that stuff once you encounter a union or a part of a union or know someone that is in a union or you just take a genuine interest in it and let me tell you the the impact that they have is is immeasurable and their express purpose is to work is to be the voice of the workers and in Almost every single scenario, the voice of the workers are who you want to support because those voices are going against up against CEOs and senior executives that are millionaires, billionaires, and their only real concern is financial bottom lines. Um, they don't really care about the, the impact that has on you as the worker. Um, and when one union exists and is fighting for the rights of the workers, it emboldens and empowers others to do it. And the fact that this has happened at Activision Blizzard now means that there's going to be a lot of people at a lot of other smaller or even mid-sized or even uh, um, uh, similarly sized uh, publishers and developers that are looking at that and thinking if they can do uh, Activision Blizzard we surely can do it at our studio absolutely and when that and I, happens, you know, it's going to be great and a lot of people have said oh well it's only like 20 something people but it doesn't matter the point is no. that it's it's happened right they broke through they got it done and I do think the dominoes will start to fall now I think exactly I think you're exactly right that other developers will look at this and go Oh, like nobody wants to be the first person out on the dance floor, right? But once a couple of people are out there, it's all right to, for other people to go. I think that's what you're going to see. I think this is going to embolden a lot of other people that have been thinking. Like nobody really wanted to be the first, like the first canary in the coal mine. Like what if it doesn't work or whatever? Um, yeah. But now, it's, you know, I, I'm very, very pleased and and, uh, and happy for the employees at Raven who had the the guts to kind of make themselves like the first real test case here. And they've, they've won it. Uh, they've shown that it can be done. And, and I would love to imagine that in... 10 years from now, I don't think 10 years is an unrealistic timeline that we, we would, that we would see unionization as the norm across the games industry, protecting game developers at, at, at all levels and in all areas. For sure. Um, fingers crossed. Hopefully it happens. We've got a couple more stories to go through, but before we get there, just a reminder that you can go to patreon.com forward slash kind of funny games where you can get this show ad free. If you haven't done that, you're about to hear a few words from our sponsors. With the ads this episode is brought to you by me undies i love me undies from head to toe all over my body if you don't believe me of course right now i'm wearing the me undies shirt you can tell by the 
little tag going on right there, right? Got the MeUndies lounge shorts going on. Of course, I got the undies. And then, boom, MeUndies socks, baby. That's how we do out here at Kind of Funny. I love being soft head to toe in the micro modal fabric. You already know all about that. But if you don't, let's face it, summer's sweaty, but your butt doesn't have to be. With MeUndies light and breathable micro modal fabric, you can stay comfy and cool all summer long. They have super fun seasonal prints and tons of styles to choose from but if you just like classic black that's totally cool too they got a bunch of just bold colors for you to go for they have super fun seasonal prints tons of styles and sizes extra small to 4xl so you can bring the beach to your butt without ever leaving your living room meundies has a great offer for all of you first-time purchasers you can get 15 percent off if you sign up for their free to join membership you can apply that 15 percent off to their already discounted membership prices to get 15 percent off your first order and a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny tell them tim getty sent you our next story comes from the number three video game website in the world it is of course gamespot.com once again eddie mccooch pac-man Wait, you just crossover. said gamespot was number two a minute ago are they falling and, down did they fall down the rankings oh no gary I, I don't i'm not sure if you know this but gamespot is the number one two three four five six seven and eight best video game oh they, they just on, have all the top they occupy okay, it's a right, monopoly fair yeah fair enough um pac-man crossover with fortnite has been announced and is coming on june 2nd fortnite's latest crossover has been announced and it is none other than pac-man an announcement post on the Japanese Pac-Man website confirms that some kind of collaboration between Fortnite and Pac-Man will begin on June 2nd. The website, translated by VGC, says items with the Pac-Man motif will be available in Fortnite uh, starting June 2nd. Whether or not there will also be a Pac-Man skin in Fortnite remains to be seen, however. Fortnite, an online game marketed and distributed by Epic Games and Pac-Man, have decided to collaborate, collaborate the announcement says. Pac-Man motif items will be available. Um, Pac-Man will be the latest massive franchise to collaborate with Epic Games for a Fortnite crossover. The other other video game franchises that have come to the Battle Royale game include Halo, God of War, Horizon, and Street Fighter, among others. Um, outside of gaming brands, Fortnite has hosted franchises like Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, currently, Fortnite is in the midst of uh, its latest Star Wars crossover with an Obi-Wan skin now available in the Battle Royale game ahead of the TV show's release. Gary, how do you feel about Pac-Man coming to um fortnite i'll get my opinion out ahead of the time i do not care about pac-man anymore I no think, i think we as an industry need to let pac-man go just really? let him go yeah just just like just, just like, can, like acknowledge the history but move on yeah move on from him just like move away from him i feel like we had the uh what was the championship editions and Those i feel like good i feel like he peaked i think i feel like pac-man peaked there and now we just need to move on I you? mean, I can get why you wouldn't necessarily want to keep making games because obviously there's only so many ways you can do Pac-Man. I, mean, I, I remember Pac-Mania and Pac-Land and all the different versions of it. Those championship editions are legitimately really, really good, though, especially yeah, the championship incredible. DX is really, really good. Yeah. So I don't know, but I mean, he's such a big part of like video games. It's kind of like saying, like, let's move on from Mickey Mouse, right? Like, you've got to acknowledge you know, the, the, the pillars on which the gaming industry was built. You really want to Mickey's consign still that relevant, to the though. Mickey is still relevant, though. Like, he's appearing in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> no, why did I say that? I opened the door to this to have a conversation about fucking Kingdom Hearts. Um... I was gonna. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say the opposite thing. I was. I thought you were gonna say I don't care about Fortnite because you know that's me. I don't play Fortnite. I don't. I yeah. don't like or dislike Fortnite. I acknowledge it as a big thing, but it's not my cup of tea. I don't play it. So anytime a Fortnite story comes up, which is you know regular, there's always something going on in the world of Fortnite. I always have this kind of like I'm at a remove. Like I'll tell you what I think, but I'm not invested. Mm. Um, I'll be interested. I mean, like you said, like items with the Pac-Man logo seems like who fucking cares. The yeah. question is, are they going to put Pac-Man in the game? And if so, what does that look like? Is he just going to be a big sphere running around? <laughs> or do they put like a pack, like, is it like a dead mouse thing where they put like a Pac-Man head on someone? I don't know. It's kind of kind of hard to imagine. It, it feels like another, clearly this is like, you know, this is a commercial imperative, not a creative one. Like Pac-Man and Fortnite don't seem like a natural fit. But someone at Epic or Namco said, hey, let's, let, let's make some money. And that was, oh yeah, we, people like Fortnite, people like Pac-Man, throw them together, everyone, everyone makes I, money. I, feel why, like, I, I guess why not, but I, I That's precisely why I feel like we should let Pac-Man go. Because right now, Pac-Man exists purely to make Bandai money. Like, and that's it. 
Like, there's no good games coming out with Pac-Man to, like, you know, propel him forward. Like, at the very least. They just did that like, big, like, museum retrospective pack that had, like, Pac-Man across the ages. I'm, I'm always in favor of stuff like that. Like, it's mm. never bad to be reminded of, like, the, the history of, you know, I mean, Pac- Pac-Man's up there with, like, Space Invaders and, you know, like, the mm. real, you know, the, the pillars on which the entire gaming industry were, was created. You know, the original arcade mega hits. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, I got bad news for you, Tam. Like it or not, we ain't moving on from Pac-Man. Yeah, we're not. Like, we're Pac-Man's not moving on. The, I, at the very the least, popular culture forever. At, at the very least, I would like a new good Pac-Man game. Like, I would love a new Championship Edition or DX or something like that. Um, if they're going to continue to really milk that that character, dry, that was. Like, like, I always. I, I mean, I was never a big fan of Pac-Land or there's all kinds of Pac-Man games like Pac-Man Adventures or whatever. They just take the Pac-Man character and try to like inject lore and mythology and, and send him on like some yeah. kind of like point and click adventure or something no 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 like pac-man is at its best when it's just the classic like the game still i pac-man is still even the original version is still fun you can still pick it up and enjoy having a game yeah for sure which I, you know I, is testament yeah. to like the timelessness of the game design I will pop on like Championship Edition every now and then, and it still oh, it so still good. hits. It's so good um, when you hit I, a big snake and you and you're racking up yeah, those combos. Man, it's so much so fun. Good. I think they could very easily because they have Peely in in the game, right? Like the uh, the banana peel character in Fortnite. So I think they could very easily make Pac Man a giant spherical weirdo just in that game as a skin quite given easily. given that this doesn't seem like a natural fit you know pac-man and fortnite right but but we're still just like shrugging and going sure why not nothing matters yeah. anymore do you think there's anything do you think fortnite has now reached a point of like such kind of cultural saturation that they could announce pretty much anything and you'd go sure like the fucking pillsbury doughboy yeah. is, in, is in fortnite now sure I who think... gives a fuck the kool-aid guy the fucking Kool-Aid, oh, yeah. Mr. Kool-Aid is crashing through the wall. I like, think, I think like, there's like, no, we that, just accept anything at this point. We'll, we'll take anything. At, yeah. uh, I think the, the ones where it's kind of like, is that all right? Is when it's like a, just like a, a the ones that I really struggle with is when it's a human character. Like, right. uh, for example, like, I think like if they put the rock in there and it's like just the rock, I'm like, is that all right? Um, that's a bit kind of weird, but um, but I mean, like when they do stuff like, oh, we put Wolverine in here, I'm like, okay, cool, that's fair enough. Something uh, like that w- makes sense, right? But yeah, I'm saying exactly. there are there are a point now where it's less about what makes creative sense. Like you go, okay, Wolverine, I get that he's a combatant, right? He's someone who fights. Put him in a yeah. put him in a game, even though Wolverine doesn't. You know, the way of Wolverine using a gun. So and that's the other thing. I, I really bother me when they put like Superman in. And Superman's running around with a gun. Like, what the fuck is that? Here's what I'll say, Gary. There's not enough iconic British characters in here. If you could add one iconic fictional British character to Fortnite, who would it be? For me, I think very easily it would be Mr. Blobby. Mr. Blobby would be good. Either Mr. Blobby or Mr. Bean. force of absolute chaos. Yeah, Mr. Blobby or Mr. Bean. Like, those two would be incredible. Oh, can you you imagine? I mean, why not? That would be so good. Who would you? And, and again, we would at this point they have they've so they have so crossed that barrier. Where again, like we just now go, yeah, of course, it's all about making money. We just we just accept it now. Like no one's annoyed anymore. We just mm. understand that Fortnite is just this massive cash generating cross promotional machine. Yeah. And I think I think it is going to become more and more absurd. I'm trying to think yeah. who I would want in there. Someone from. Uh, I'm trying to think. Like someone that I grew up with. What's that? <laughs> Someone from Only Fours and Horses. Oh yeah, put Del Boy and Rodney in there. He could drive <laughs> yeah. around in the in the little three wheeled van. Yes, that would be so good. I would oh, love that. Would be that. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them all in there. Put Uncle Albert in yeah, there. Yeah, get Trigger, Trigger in there. Yeah, Trigger, get them all Mickey in there. Pierce. Get them all in there. The whole crew. <laughs> that would be now. So- I, now I want an Only Fools and Horses battle royale. Just, just that world. It's all set in Peckham, right? Oh my god! With Nelson Mandela so house at the center of it all, and the circle is shrinking. <laughs> Oh, I'd love that. Oh, my God. That would be so... The circle is the fog from the Batman and Robin episode. Oh, it's yeah, like, and they're running out of the fog. Yeah, oh, yeah, it makes yeah. total sense. Oh, God. There you go. Epic, <laughs> if you need anyone to put together some ideas for we you. We can do it for you. We if can anybody do it wants for the you. Only Fours and Horses Battle Royale. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, the next story comes from uh, the fourth best video game website in the world. Gary, wouldn't you believe it? It's GameSpot.com. GameSpot again. Well, I do yeah. know because you've explained to me how they have yeah. all the spots on the top 10. Yeah, it makes sense uh, now. Written by Darren Bontheus, Final Fantasy XV was reportedly almost developed by IDOS Montreal. Final Fantasy XV's development process was infamously long, especially when compared to other mainline entries in the series. 
At what point? one point, it looked like development would be helmed by a Western studio, Eidos Man Montreal. Speaking to True Achievements, former Eidos Montreal art director Jonathan Jack Bellatet revealed that the studio had a really cool Final Fantasy game in development that would have been the 15th entry in the core series. But Final Fantasy Versus uh, was eventually changed to be the next chapter in the franchise. Eidos Montreal brought back Deus Ex. I was the art director on that, Deus Ex Human Revolution. Then I was executive art director on Mankind Divided. Then we tried to do Final Fantasy 15, Jack Balotet said. Then Square Enix decided to bring Final Fantasy 15 back to Japan, which I think was a big mistake, but it's still the truth. Ours was really cool. Final Fantasy 15 was released in 2016, and as of this month, have sold 10 million units worldwide across Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. Eidos Montreal, meanwhile, would spend uh, would time spend time working on more Deus Ex games, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and last year's well-received Guardians of the Galaxy. The studio would eventually be sold alongside Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix Montreal to embrace a group which has big plans to make good use of all the IPs that has just it had just acquired. Um, as for Square Enix's RPG franchise, Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary news is coming. Um, uh, according to the company and producer Naoki Yoshida, um, who said he'd like to show a new trailer for the newest entry soon. I think that's just a really interesting insight into where Square Enix is at, if you know what I mean. Like at one point they were shopping or they had brought in a Western studio to work on their biggest franchise. That's fascinating, right? And kind of unheard of. Yeah, I was thinking, like, again, I'm not hugely invested in the Final Fantasy games, so it's hard for me to get inside the head of, like, that that fan base. But I would imagine that the idea of... I mean, I could see the idea of, like, a Western studio doing a Final Fantasy spinoff. That might yeah. be an interesting experiment, like a different take on the universe. But, like, one of the core games, like a numbered Final Fantasy game, right, 13, 15, whatever, being done, be, being done by a Western studio, I just imagine that the fan base would be like, no, I mean, there's something inherently japanese about those games right and the yeah. idea of like a western studio trying to emulate that or changing it or westernizing it in some way i mean no, i mean i'm not saying they would necessarily do a bad job like if you told me that insomniac were making a, making a final fantasy game i'd be like oh wow like, that could be really good because insomniac only make absolute bangers right but mm. at the same time final fantasy is it's uh, like so much of it's so much of its identity is just how like japanese it is and all of yeah. the things that go with like making it kind of culturally and artistically unique to that perspective and coming from that part of the world and informed by that all of the art and culture of japan like you know japanese games are just different right that's what makes them interesting and cool like i fucking like like yakuza yakuza, yakuza like a dragon which is one of, mm. one of my all-time favorite games could not, that, that game could not have been made by a western developer right it, no. need, it, it could only have come from japan and i think again i'm less familiar with the final fantasy games but i know enough about them to know that again I don't think those games could have come out of the West. Um, no. And so, the, again, I like the idea of a spin-off. It would be interesting to see a different take, but, like, the core Japanese, the core Final Fantasy games, I think, the, and to your point, Tam, I think it's interesting, the idea that Square would even consider it. Like, what is that? Mm. What are the ramifications of that? You'd think even they'd be like, no, no, no. We would never even, we would never yeah. even broken such an idea. I mean, like, it could speak to more of the the kind of issues that they had around Final Fantasy XV than their kind of insight or, like, their kind of approach to developing Final Fantasy games as a whole. Um, but I would love a scenario where they give Final Fantasy spin-offs to developers outside of Japan because, like you right. said, I do like the idea of um the core titles being developed by Japanese, um, a Japanese developer, specifically Square Enix. I think there is an argument to be made for like a freshening up of the core lineage because in a lot of ways the games have become quite samey thematically and in terms of character archetypes you get the same kind of archetypes existing throughout the core entries in those franchises so maybe there is an opportunity for some someone to come in from the outside and kind of mix it up a bit but i do kind of also think that we need a kind of flagship or we need a few flagship japanese games that are on you know unquestionably and, and unabashedly Japanese about themselves. Um, and we have fewer and fewer of those these days. A lot of like Japanese developers are kind of being influenced by Western um, media to a degree. But I, I really hope they do take the approach of allowing um, uh, third-party developers and partners to work on Final Fantasy. We got a little bit of it with, not necessarily from a Western studio, but a studio outside of their own um, with uh, Stranger of Paradise. Which I don't know. I wouldn't say that was a huge success, but um, it was a game 
that exists. Um, I would love to see them maybe go back to the Western developers and be like, hey, because Western developers are like, there's so many that are huge fans of Final Fantasy. I bet you there's so many amazing things that Western developers could make with um, their, their passion for that franchise. I, I mean, I'd be fascinated to slide into that parallel universe where it goes both ways, where like, you know, a West, like, let's say Naughty Dog makes the next Final Fantasy yeah. and fucking the, like From Software makes the next God of War. Like how fucking bizarre would that, I mean, that would be nutty, right? But like, I don't know if I'd want to live in that timeline, but I'd be fascinated to like peek into it and see what it looks like. Yeah, uh, I would still, I've said it before and I'll keep saying it until it happens. I would pay good money to give uh, From Software the legacy of Kane license. Mm. Um, they are the perfect developer for it. Um, but yeah, interesting. I hope I hope we, we see a little more of this kind of um, uh, approach to shopping their, their, their franchises around from Square Enix going forward. But yeah, um, final story of the day comes from the fifth best video game website on the internet is Gamespot.com. Um, George Yang, uh, Dragon's Dogma 10 year anniversary site launches, but still no word on the leaked sequel. Capcom has launched a site celebrating the 10th anniversary of Dragon's Dogma. The website showcases a timeline of the franchise's history as it begins with the digital comic prologue, which launched in April 2012 and ends with the latest project, the release of Dragon's Dogma Netflix anime series in September 2022. If you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I didn't know there was a Dragon's Dogma Netflix series. I'll go check that out. I implore you, do not do that. Uh, Dragon's Dogma first released in 2012 um, is celebrating its 10th anniversary. Thank you, Arisen, for taking up arms and braving through the impossible challenges laid ahead of you, says game director Hideaki Itsuno on the website. We are forever grateful for your support throughout the years and hope you will join us in this momentous celebration of Dragon's Dogma. And then they published a tweet which was 10 years ago, the mighty dragon Grigori, which in my mind, I always read as Gregory, which is just a terrible name for a big dragon. Big Dragon Gregory sealed a fateful pact with Arisen uh, with the release of Dragon's Dogma. As we look to the future, we'll also reflect on 10 years of endless adventures, and we're inviting you to join in the celebration. Hashtag Dragon's Dogma 10th. Although there isn't anything new on the website, the 2021 NVIDIA GeForce Now leak included Dragon's Dogma 2. However, Capcom has yet to announce anything about a potential sequel. With this 10th anniversary website, it could be possible that Capcom is gearing up to reveal something new soon. Two possible venues for that could be Summer Games Fest Live or the Xbox slash Bethesda Showcase, both of which are scheduled for June. Gary, any interest in a Dragon's Dogma sequel? Did you play the original? And what are the chances do you think of it showing up soon? No, I, I got to admit, this is a, this is a complete blind spot for me. I've heard of Dragon's Dogma, and I saw mm -hmm. some people on my timeline this morning, some Twitter friends, were very excited about Dragon's Dogma being back in the news. But I know almost nothing about. I literally just pulled it up on Steam. I'm looking at Dragon's Dogma: Dark Arisen, which came out in 2016, just trying to get a sense like even what it is. And I guess it's like a running around fighting monsters RPG kind of thing. I know I know almost nothing. Funnily about it. enough, it's it's kind of the precursor to Elden Ring in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, um, I mean it does look a bit Elden Ring, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is like it has a lot of souls like combat, but the big thing. So it's it's very mechanics heavy um, coming from Capcom makes sense. Also directed by Hideaki Itsuno, who uh, worked on a bunch of fighting games for Capcom and also is most well known for Devil May Cry 3 and 4 five and i believe four as well okay. um and uh one of the main things is like this pawn system where you can basically pawn pawn p-a-w-n oh okay Just not checking. pawn um where basically you can create this kind of ai companion character and take them out on adventures with you and they grow but then you can also send them off to adventure in other people's games so like i could have my pawn and i could send him to your world to help you out and by adventuring with you they would continue to grow and when they come back to me they could be more powerful they may even have like new armor and new stuff like that so you're like oh my my little dude went away and did these adventures and came back and it was a really cool system um and uh yeah it was a lot of climbing was important before it was pre uh breath of the wild but like you could scale enemies a lot like climb up to them and and like get around them and it was like kind of shadow of the colossi yeah i was gonna say it sounds like shadow um, of the colossus yeah it's a it's a very very mechanically interesting and design interesting game that kind of it was poised to be something it, it felt like a very very smart very very polished 
proof of concept that they would make good on in another game in a major, major way. But that second game just never came around. Um, whether it's likely to come around feels feels like high because we have had that leak and there's been whispers of it for a while. And also, Itsuno-san is a now a pretty much a superstar at, um, at Capcom, one of the few remaining superstars, I guess, at Capcom. Um, he's like, the Devil May Cry franchise is just killing it. Um, and he's been the director on that. I imagine he's got enough clout to now be like, okay, I've made you a bunch of Devil May Cry games. I've given you like a hell of a lot of like sales off those. I would like to build my own a, a sequel to, you know, this game that I worked on that I love. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I would not be surprised if Dragon's Dogma shows up fairly soon again. Um, Interesting. I hope right, it does. Well, on it. It's going to be quite some time before uh, we get to play a Dragon's Dogma game, I suspect. But I like gamers, if, want... if you're thinking about like what I, I understand, Dragon's Dogma has a fan base, but I mean, it feels mm. a bit a bit niche. Don't you think like gamers as like the, the broader gaming community would, would probably be more excited about a new Devil Devil May Cry than a new Dragon's Dogma, wouldn't they? I think so, but I also think that Devil May Cry needs a bit of a, not a break, but I feel like you Devil May Cry is a franchise that benefits of being missed, off being missed for a bit, if you know what I mean. Like really build up the kind of fervor around it, and then it comes back. Um, and that was kind of a big deal for the latest entry, where they announced it as Devil May Cry is back, and that helped it be a big, big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our, uh, I think like they, we don't want to be overexposed to Devil May Cry um and and like i feel like like i said it benefits a lot from you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and i think that yeah dmc is one of those franchises that really really benefits from that i know but the games industry doesn't really hasn't really learned that lesson that's why we get a new call of duty every single year right it's like well you know if less is more think about how much (laughs) more more could be yeah for sure but i feel like the devil may cry games definitely take bigger swings than the uh than the call of duty games on a year-to-year basis uh with what they try and do and how much like effort is required because you can't just reuse those mechanics people want i mean you can to a degree but people want like an entire new set of it's like you basically they have to create a new chess every time they put out a, a one of these games they need to have intricate systems and it's not as simple as we need to make the pointing and shooting feel good if you know what i mean um no i know what you mean it's like you know it's like anything yeah. like when they when you know when they announced that star wars was coming back you know with force awakens it was like oh my god because it had been away for a long time now yeah. when they announce another star wars thing like every week it's like oh okay cool you know yeah. because they're, they're, we're so saturated with it now that it's not you know that scar- scarcity does does make it more special i agree for sure gary if i wanted to know what's coming to mom and grub shops today where would i look uh, the official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday Kevin? Uh, Kevin? Oh dear. Tammy, you're going to have to do it. Yeah, I could hear it there. I could hear it. Oh, here he is. Tam, there was, uh, well, uh, what is I, Kevin, you do not have to explain to me anything. No, I know no. that you are currently on the surface of the sun, uh, burning <laughs> up. And no, so, I was going to say, Gary doesn't watch the stream, so he couldn't hear that the music oh, was going okay, on. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but people oh, don't, you're oh. Pl- oh, you're playing. Yeah, the, there's a little playing, bit we yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't that, watch the stream because then I'm going to be having two versions of it in my ear with a delay. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. It is how it works. No, no, you. I'm sharing a stream to you right now on Discord. Yeah, I see. I see that. Yes, you must have. But it I have muted. it muted. Yeah, so there's no need to have it muted. Really? Yeah, it matter. Also, Tam, no. sorry, it's been a while since you hosted as the main host, so I mm. never remember who does that. Just because. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher the jingle. Yeah, there's very few people. Yeah, yeah. All but right, also, I'll, I'll listen to the stream from now on. Yeah, can we get some W's in the chat for Kevin, who is currently has like four fans pointing at him because it is so so hot where he is, but he's it's putting in the work. It is he's it doing, is warm today. It's very yeah, warm. He's, he's, he's like doing it. Three, according to uh, to my little thingy, which yeah. you know, is that's hot. Everyone show some love for Kevin. Okay, out today we have Crossfire Legion on early access on PC. We got Hard Space Shipbreaker on PC. Mm. MX versus ATV Legends on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S and pc and streets of rage 4 is now available on ios and android good game check that out new oh, yes. rage 4 a mobile yep. interesting okay yeah um if you've got a backbone it will probably work great um new dates uh lord of the rings golem is coming to ps4 ps5 xbox one series s and x and pc on september 1st and then later on switch no date on the switch version but there it is 
Um, if you want to know whether that's any good, you can go to gamespot.com or youtube.com forward slash gamespot where we have previews all for it up. Um, and check that out. Uh, we're running a bit late, so we're going to skip the reader mail. I'm going to go to your wrong real quickly. See what's going That's on. That's a waste of time as well. I don't know why. I don't know why Greg <laughs> persists with that segment. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, they, I, I, Gary, you said that, but I looked in there, and there was one good one. There's a bunch from Nano here. Nano is always out here trying to tell us that we're wrong about everything. I know, and, and he, he falls flat on his face just, every time. What, just, wait, give give just, me the good one. The good one was from Blobby, and it was Blobby, 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 Blobby. That honestly, that's honestly the Which best is, you're wrong I've heard in a long time, ever, legitimately. Ever, you truly yeah, love to see it. That's about as good as it, good as it gets. Yeah. Tomorrow's hosts are Blessing and Janet for Wednesday. Thursday, there's Greg and Tim. And then Friday, Greg and Blessing. If you're watching live on Twitch after this, there is... Uh, what is after this, Kevin? Uh, KFW. KFW Sweet. Oh, yes, of course. Um, if you want to watch that stream later, subscribe to youtube.com for slash kind of funny plays. This has been kind of funny games daily where each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv for slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com for slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, laugh and grow fat. <laughs>